Previously on Atlas Obscura. I have to investigate this. I have to prove whether this is true or not. In 2014, Minneapolis reporter Kevin Hoffman stumbled across an aerial view of a giant piece of art, one bigger than multiple football fields. It was a forest, and its outline formed a very specific shape, the shape of Minnesota. There was almost nothing about the forest online, and in fact, very few people seemed to know that it even existed. I mean, the only way that you come to see this piece of art for what it is, is if you see it from above. Kevin asked readers for information, he combed over old satellite images, and he reached out to the Minnesota state government. His research turned up a name, a retired forester named Bill Lochner. He had done it using a map and a compass. Without a GPS or any kind of modern equipment or aerial views, and so this guy is like a genius. You want there to be some kind of greater reason behind it? Was it a bet with friends? I mean, who knows? Unfortunately, I was unable to get Bill to talk. It was made clear to me that he did not want to speak. And for about 10 years, Bill did not speak. He did not do interviews. He did not explain whatever reasons he had for making the forest. That is, until now. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. In our last episode, we followed reporter Kevin Hoffman on a wild goose chase, trying to find out who created a giant Minnesota-shaped forest and why. But today, we catch that wild goose. Well, Bill is sitting next to me, and he's the guy that put the thing together. Hello. That's after this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. When I spoke to him, Kevin Hoffman suggested that I reach out to the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, or DNR. The DNR manages the public land that the Minnesota-shaped forest is on. So that is what I did. Their press officer, Jenna, put me in touch with an old friend of Bill's, Becky Lean. Becky became my connection. I essentially was waiting by the phone for her to call me. And one day she sent me an email saying that Bill was going to stop by her office the following morning. And it was on. 
Bill, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, like noodles and vinegar. <laughs> Bill Lochner, designer of the Minnesota-shaped forests in the flesh. Well, in the voice, at least. And I have to say, in all of my years of asking that question, I have never gotten that particular answer before. Bill went on to tell me that he and Becky went way back. At one time, trained her in when she first started. <laughs> He's retired now. 40 years in the DNR. Do you have a picture of the seal or the shape? I do, yes. It's so cool. It really looks like Moose. <laughs> There's a number of different pictures over time. Aerial photos in black and white, quite a variety. And then the ones I drew, like for the tumor sale. As I'm talking with them, I realize that Becky and Bill keep referring to the Minnesota-shaped forest as a sale. But before I got to asking them about that, the conversation moved in a different direction. And we started talking about how Bill got into forestry to begin with. I've always been like a geography nerd, even as a little kid. And I love maps. And I did a lot of things in my life related to that only. I had no interest in other things, but, but hiking and exploring and mapping. I had my bedroom full of maps on the wall and ceiling when I was a kid. I got a present like when I was six years old, all the states on a card, and then you have to identify it and have the capitals. And I learned all the states and capitals, and the family started buying me atlases. And everybody gave me atlases. My grandmother gave me an atlas that had Prussia on it. It was so old. And I love that, and I still do. Bill went to college studying, of course, geography. And after school, he got a temporary gig with the DNR. I was 22 years old. I started January in 1976, mapping the forest, which was great, getting out of geography, out of college, and, and using aerial photos and orienteering through the woods. We covered a lot of ground, snowshoeing around in the winter, and I thought, that is amazing. <laughs> But it was a temp job, and after it ended, Bill bounced around a little. He worked on a firefighting crew, did some factory gigs, and on the weekends, any chance he'd got, he'd go out exploring in the forest. Now, Bill strikes me as the kind of guy who loves, you know, the solitude of nature. But still, that life gets a little lonely. Luckily, a former DNR coworker of his moved nearby and was looking out for him. So I'd go visit him and his wife, but I'd be wet up to my knees for exploring out there <laughs> and they give me supper and whatever and they also introduced me because i wasn't finding a wife out in the forest but they asked me if, if uh, next time you come next weekend come and have supper is it okay if there's somebody else here i said well yeah i always got that food <laughs> so the forester's wife brought a friend along to the next dinner yeah we connected and i'm still married to her Finally, Bill landed a full-time forestry job way up in northern Minnesota, like up near the Canadian border. It was hard physical work. In the winter, it involved snowshoeing all day through all kinds of terrain, mapping, surveying. Bill loved it. I got the perfect job. I got paid to hike around in the woods and do this, this stuff when I was doing it for nothing before that, <laughs> just for the fun of it. Up in the northwest corner of Minnesota, where Bill worked, there were large stands of trees called jack pines that cropped up after fires in the 1930s. Jack pine loves fire that grows on sand beaches from when Lake Agassiz was here. Lake Agassiz is a lake that was up there during the Pleistocene period. 
jack pine likes the sterile sand and you, it competes better uh, on those sites than that other species that need richer soil. By the 1980s, the Minnesota DNR was hoping to break up these big patches of jack pine with other trees to help diversify the forest, which creates animal habitats and prevents fires. But first, they had to cut down patches of the old jack pine. This is a pretty common practice. They sell off the lumber. It's called a timber sale. And that's why earlier, Bill and Becky were calling the Minnesota-shaped forest a sale. So Minnesota DNR sells, sells wood to loggers. They help manage our forest. So we set up a certain amount of cords each year statewide to manage the sales, keep the wood healthy, keep it growing, keep the product coming. So this was just part of that effort back in 1988. I should let Bill say, talk about how he went about setting the thing up. I did a parallelogram off to the east and kind of line up with the road. And then I did another one and and uh, I thought, you know, I'm getting tired of these squares and whatever. I thought, I'm going to do a Minnesota. I like this job. The state symbol on my arm patch is Minnesota and on our trucks, our DNR trucks. So I, I laid it out in the office and went and did it without really telling anybody. <laughs> so Bill drew out the shape on a map and he measured the angles of each line. And then he went out to the forest with a compass and something called a hip chain, which is used to measure distance. And he started drawing the outline in ribbon around the trees. I did a lot of sales. I liked doing it all. And I wanted to try something a little bit challenging. It's not really anyone can do it. I'm not a forester, obviously, but if you've heard our episode on orienteering or navigating by compass, I wouldn't necessarily say that anybody could do it. But anyway. It only took me about four hours to do the appraisal and the lines and be done. And then I wrote it up later. Did anyone know at the time that you were doing this? It's a small office here. There was only two or three of us working at any given year. The district forester, I told him what I was doing and he didn't really say anything positive or negative. I think he thought it was kind of cool, but he wasn't going to be okay with it because maybe the state wouldn't. Then Bill sent in the map of his sale to the regional office. He called me and asked me, what do you do this for? <laughs> so this will be fun. And so he processed it, sent it to St. Paul, and then they sent back, you know, don't be doing this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, don't waste time. Well, actually, I did this extremely fast. Still, the forest was kind of inside knowledge around his co-workers. And Bill still tended to the little forest over the years, planting the new red pine where the jack pine used to be. And then, uh, then I cut the wood around it years later. Since it was my little baby, nobody else did it. They let me do it. <laughs> I did exactly what I was instructed to do. I just did the shape different. And nobody really cared that much because who's going to see it? But It really got noticed in... When did we have that pond hockey thing? They had this, this first winter outdoor pond hockey high school tournament in Minnesota. They have it every year since. If my research into Minnesota pond hockey tournaments is accurate, this puts us at around 2007. So about 20 years after Bill designed the sale. And it was on television statewide. And they would put on the screen, they'd be advertising it and all. I noticed on the behind all the wording was... Alive from a 
airplane film of, of the forest. And I looked closely and I said, hey, that's my Minnesota sale. <laughs> <laughs> they never showed it without all the wording kind of camouflaging it, but it took me, uh, you know, almost all the way through the game before I recognized it. I told my wife, you know, I said, hey. <laughs> the forest still flew under the radar for another seven years until 2014. That's when a slew of articles about it, including Kevin Hoffman's, hit the internet. It seemed like uh, you were kind of tight-lipped about it at the time. Why was that? The state wasn't really for it. They even told me not to, to you know, to talk with reporters if they called. Uh, that was their policy. I kept it cool, you know, with, as the state probably wanted. They were a little negative on it for a number of years, but I think they're coming around. <laughs> That definitely seems to be the case, though it only took them about 30 years. Just recently, the DNR posted a slideshow on its Instagram with photos of the sale and all of its various stages, including Bill's original drawing. He tells me that they even put a picture of it on their 100th year anniversary calendar just last year. But It's a great opportunity to share with people what kind of management we're doing and why and how it all relates. And it's a long-term project whether it's Bill Sale or it's any other timber sale that we set up. It's, it's a long-term management project for not only us, but, you know, generations out into the future to maintain this, this habitat, this forest that we have up here to work with. As for Bill, he says that even though he's retired, he still gets his snowshoes on and hangs out in the woods pretty often. He and his wife have a little old farm where you can look 40 miles in any direction and not see any other houses. You know, I was able to do what I wanted to with my life. It's fun. Getting old now. And now your work is literally on the map. It's on the map. <laughs> yes, it's true. Later, as I was putting this episode together, I realized something. While Bill and Becky and I were talking, their camera was off the whole time. So I never actually saw what Bill looked like. So now when I think of him, I picture still the shape of Minnesota and the Minnesota-shaped forest, which is probably what he would prefer anyway. You can check out the Minnesota-shaped forest on Google Maps, and you can see some aerial images and Bill's initial drawing on the Minnesota DNR Instagram page. We will put a link in our episode description. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. Our production team includes... Dylan Therese. Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Manolo Morales. Baudelaire. Gabby Gladney. Johanna Mayer. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by... Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And if you'd like to learn more about anything you heard today, go to our website at atlasobscura.com. I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.
the world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.